Hello, friends. My name is Marcy Youngster, and you are listening to the Catholic Whisperer Podcast. This channel will be about discussing how to live your faith, love your family, and create a life of fulfillment by becoming your very best and helping everyone in your path. Hello, friends. I'm back with more information about my fascinating story about the conversion of my dear friend, Connie, who passed away from cancer October 23rd, 2023. So when I last was telling you about my story, I was talking about how I feel called to be a little shepherdess of the Good Shepherd, that I'm always on the alert for the souls, the people, the women, the men, the children who might need something that I can offer to help them on their faith journey. So I wanted to just bring that up again. And in continuing my story, I want to kind of give you a layout of the territory that I was thrust upon when I was introduced to Connie and asked to pray over her. Everything was basically Protestant in her world or lapsed Catholic. Uh, her husband is a um, non-practicing Catholic as well as a very dear friend of hers. Now, the world that I was introduced to with Connie, uh, which was very interesting, is there were a few loyal diehard friends who were in her world who would come daily or several times a week to help her with the actual physical care. They were angels, just absolute angels who did all sorts of things for her. They were her loyal friends, um, and none of them were Catholic. Uh, but that being said, what I learned uh, as time went on, but more especially after she had passed, is that when I showed up in her world, it was after she had experienced some sort of abandonment by a large network of her Protestant friends. I don't really know all the ins and outs of it. I hear little bits and pieces, but suffice it to say, right or wrong, I'm not casting judgment on anyone because I don't know the inner details. What I am saying is that I believe God was preparing the soil of Connie's heart because when I was brought into her life, Connie was feeling abandonment by her friends. She, I found out only after she died, actually, she would cry in her bed and ask why. Why has my spiritual guide, a woman who used to guide her, abandoned me? Why does she not return my calls? So she was feeling very desolated. In addition to continual pain, even though the pain meds worked quite well, she always had pain. It never got rid of all of it. So in addition to all of the pain, she felt abandoned by her friends. She felt um, alone and she saw the prospect of dying. So she held on to her belief that her Heavenly Father loved her. That was something she always had. So I just wanted to give you a layout of the land that I was uh, brought into. Here I am, a very ardent practicing Catholic, that I was brought to pray for her. I was invited to pray for her by a, a dear Catholic friend, Elizabeth, who asked me to pray over her. I am a trained healing prayer minister. I've gone to four levels of healing school, so I am very equipped to lay hands and pray over people. Um, I also have um, a very intuitive mystical sense, and I 
have a gift from God where many times when I pray, he will let me see things or I will hear things or I will be given an under, a spiritual understanding of the situation. So I just want to say it's really, really interesting how I was brought into this situation. What is really interesting also is that I learned only after Connie had passed was that before Elizabeth had asked me to pray over her, and I have praised Elizabeth up and down for repeatedly, consistently inviting Connie to a mass. Until that morning, Connie had always refused. And I also found out after she had died that there were other Catholics in her life who were reaching out to her and trying to help her actually trying to talk to her about Catholicism, but she had no interest. She had no interest at all. It's very curious, very interesting how God put me in her path. And at the point where I was brought into her life, she gradually opened her heart and let let the fullness of Christ's um, healing, the spiritual healing of his sacraments enter her soul. Interestingly enough, though, What I learned after she had passed is that before Elizabeth had been successful in getting Connie to go to that Mass on March 19th, Feast of St. Joseph, who actually, just so you know, is the patron saint of a holy and happy death, before Elizabeth had invited her, it was another friend, actually at that time a fallen away Catholic who was living a Protestant life, who saw the heartbreak that Connie was experiencing. And this particular woman cried out to God that since the woman who had been spiritually guiding Connie uh, had for some mysterious reason disappeared and wasn't coming around and wasn't calling her over a period of weeks, if not months, this other friend ardently prayed to God to send Connie a new spiritual guide to help her die because this friend did not feel equipped or qualified or comfortable taking on that role. Now, what this friend later told me is, and Marcy, God sent you. <laughs> that is how her how she speaks. It's very beautiful. Uh, I certainly don't feel like a spiritual guide to help someone die, but I do feel like I am a shepherdess of the Good Shepherd. And so part and parcel of being a shepherdess of the Good Shepherd is to just gently explore a new situation when a lamb, as I like to call the people who God places across my path, if this person subsequently seems to me to be someone who God wants me to pray for, to love, to care about, to guide, uh, to encourage, to coach, to lead, etc., because I'm a little shepherdess, right? Uh, these are all the sheep of Jesus. But as we all know, um, not all sheep go to church. <laughs> Not all lambs go to church. So it falls to those of us in the laity to look around and go, okay, who needs the love I have? Who needs the faith I have? Who needs my comfort? Who needs my guidance? Who needs my words of encouragement? Who needs my smile? Who needs my hug? And we can be an extension of the Good Shepherd in the grocery store, at the park, at a at a coffee shop, at a Christmas dinner. We can be person of Jesus to everyone we meet. And I call that being a little shepherdess. And I call it little shepherdess because it's not to be an overbearing, bossy, thumping my Bible, quoting scripture to your face, telling you, you better repent. Uh, You're going to go to hell if you don't do this. Uh, You know, you get the drill. It's not to come on in a harsh way. It's to tiptoe in the back door, imagine a 
Imagine a little girl tiptoeing in the back door of a large house in a kitchen, and she kind of looks like Heidi. And she has an apron on, and she has a she has a basket on her arm, and she has a little kerchief on her head. And she just comes in and she tiptoes around. Nobody pays much attention to her because she's a child, right? Nobody pays much attention to her. But because she is a child, because she is little and unassuming, she can tiptoe quietly around and observe. If any of you have had any children, you do know that children are extremely observant. Well, so is a little shepherdess. And because she's so little and unassuming, and because she is so observant, and because she's a prayerful soul, and because she's in intimate union with God, and because God loves to share his secrets with the little ones, he tells her things. He tells her little secrets about his lambs. He gives her little messages he wants her to deliver. And because she's little and unassuming, and childlike, she can often get away with just gently saying something because she's not coming in as a strong authority. She's not coming in with a trumpet. She's not coming in beating a drum. She's coming in tiptoeing and just curtsying around and noticing what is there, what is missing, and what little thing can she supply to bring this soul a measure of peace, comfort, consolation, joy, faith, etc. So that is how I saw my role when I was brought into the world of Connie. Now, a good shepherdess, when she gets a new lamb, will study her lamb, right? Every lamb has a personality. Every little goat does. Actually, I used to raise dairy goats when I was a teenager. And in a spiritual sense, goats are considered the opposite of lambs because we are told that in the final judgment that Jesus will separate the goats from the lambs. Goats are known for being unruly, strong-headed, uh, they have horns, they're bossy, they're peevish, they're rebellious. Lambs, on the other hand, are known for being meek and docile, following the shepherd, listening to his voice. A shepherd actually has a voice that his own sheep distinctly recognize. So that in like over in the Holy Land, when you would have a number of shepherds all come together, or even in the story of Heidi and Peter, when they would blend their, their herd of or their flocks of sheep together. Each of those sheep had a personality and each of those sheep knew the voice of its own shepherd or shepherdess. So all they had to do at the end of the day, the shepherd or shepherdess was call their sheep. In the same way, that is how we are to follow Jesus. We are to follow him and to listen for his voice. Taking that a step further as a shepherdess, I need to get to know my lambs. I need to get to know my sheep. And each one has a distinct personality. Each one has a distinct need or wounding or fear or pain or struggle. And a good shepherdess gets to know her sheep. So when I saw that I was going to be, at that time, I thought it was going to be two to three weeks, that I was going to be involved in Connie's life, I set about in a very delicate way to get to know her, right? So I studied her, not like a major study, but just on a day-by-day basis, noting little things. And here are a few things I noted. Number one, she was Creole. She told me she was 25% French and 75% African. I noticed she loved beautiful things. Her home was artistically beautifully arranged. She had high quality furnishings, beautiful clothing, beautiful accessories in her bedroom. She had little flasks of softly scented perfumes. Her bathroom had uh, purple plumes. It was, everything was artistic. Everything was quietly elegant. There was an atmosphere of serenity and peace everywhere. She was very refined. She actually had something of the princess about her. Her hands and feet were perfect. Her hands were long and slender, beautifully manicured. Her feet were, were perfect. They looked 
like the hands and feet of a 17-year-old, yet she was 59. She loved the Father. She rarely said uh, the name of Jesus or mentioned the Holy Spirit. She was always grateful for every little thing. She was open to whatever I said to her. I don't recall her ever arguing with me. She was literally like a little flower that was looking up at me with its face and saying, please give me water. Please give me sunshine. Please give me love. Please don't abandon me. And so I only over time became aware of all of these things. I just went there almost every day and showed up and did little things for her. I, I each time tried to bring her a little something to kind of be like an extension of who I am. I like to, I'll tell you a little bit about myself, uh, just in this vein, because if you decide you want to be a shepherdess of souls, get to know yourself, get to know who you are and your gifting and how you operate. How you operate might be very differently, might, might be very different. I'm very childlike. I'm mystical. I'm playful. I'm loving. I'm tender. I'm caring. I'm very religious. I love to connect with people. And I love to share my heart. And I especially love to share my, my Catholic faith. So in a nutshell, th- those are a lot of my qualities. I'm, I'm intelligent. Uh, I've taken the strengths finders test and my top six strengths are the first one is ideation. So I'm your idea girl. I, my mind explodes with ideas like fireworks. I'm strategic. I'm futuristic, which means I'm a visionary. Connectedness means I I see the connections between things very easily and very quickly. I can see what's coming down the road because with the first comment, I can see where it's likely to lead, etc. Input is my fifth one, which means I love to gather ideas, resources, books, tapes, whatever. I love to gather my tools. And then my sixth one is I love to learn. So when you put her type of person with my type of person, maybe you can get an idea of what we're talking about. So let's see here. Where was I? I made a few notes. Um, Okay. So what I also learned about her is that being a Creole Catholic, her father was from Louisiana. And uh, one day, no, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. I will go into that possibly on the next one. What I would do is I would bring her little gifts. I noticed that she had loved beautiful things. So like the first day I brought her a beautiful beeswax candle in a little candlestick. I brought her another day a blessed St. Benedict rosary with wooden beads, which incidentally, when she finally did pass and uh, at her funeral, that was the rosary that was draped over the little wooden house that carried her ashes. Uh, one day... I had this inspiration to go into my iPhotos, and I have a beautiful photograph of a beautiful version of Mary in a long white dress, leaning over a sick child with the mother of the child in the background. It just looked very Southern. It looked very, it looked like something you would see in the South. And when I found out that Connie was Creole, that told me a lot about her. I'd never met a Creole. I'd always read about them in books, uh, about their elegance and their their winning ways and their beauty and their elegance and their uh, flirtatiousness, etc. If you read any books about the South and you read depictions of the Creoles, you will come away with a very favorable impression. Well, I was so excited because I got to meet my first real live Creole. And of course, she loved it that I was fascinated with her background. Okay, so... Um, I'm going to move on to something a little interesting. 
I told you a minute ago that when I pray, I am given understandings, I will hear things, or I will see things in the spirit, or I will just be given an overriding certitude about something. Connie had a lot of trauma in her background, and I'm a trained healing prayer minister, and I have a very dear friend who is even more trained than I am. So we asked Connie if she would like us to pray over her, and of course she did. Connie loved to have people around her, loved prayer. So on this particular day, as we're praying over her, my friend was doing the main intercession, main praying, and I was interceding. And as we're praying over her, I heard two things. I heard the phrase, witch doctor. Oh my gosh, witch doctor. And I heard St. Catherine Drexel. Now, I was like, what on earth? What is this all about? Well, I found out in doing a little, having a little discussion that her father was from Louisiana. And what other people have known and I did not know is, you know, of course, Louisiana has a lot of Catholics, but there's also a lot of voodoo and things like that. With the with the African and the French, you're going to get possibly voodoo because there's some voodoo in Africa at times. And with the French, you're going to get the Catholicism. What was intriguing to me is that I heard the name St. Catherine Drexel. Now, I don't know if you know about St. Catherine Drexel, but St. Catherine Drexel was a millionaires who became a nun up in Philadelphia and gave her entire fortune to the benefit of African Americans and Native Americans. Her whole mission was to help those on the margins of society at that time. And she put all of her fortune into that and started schools, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I was dumbstruck that I heard her name. And when I explained this to Connie, she was very excited because Connie felt, at least this is what I gathered, she felt at times put aside. She was a Creole, and at times she felt like she wasn't accepted as much as other people. So she was very excited, and I said, I'm going to do what I can to find out more about St. Catherine Drexel for you. Would you like that? And she said, oh, yes, please. Well, what I want to tell you is very, very interesting, is a week or so to, I don't recall the exact timeline, I went with my husband on a business trip and fell over a Sunday. And the local Catholic parish church was none other than called St. Catherine Drexel. I could not fail to miss the connection. I was very excited. And I prayed ardently for her. And I went to the gift shop. And there in the front of the gift shop, was a beautiful t-shirt that said St. Catherine Drexel. And on the back, it said something like, help me to become a saint, something like that. And I said, oh my goodness, I am buying it. It was the last one and it was her size. I was convinced it would fit her. So I bought this shirt. Now I didn't just buy the shirt. My grandson at that time was going to a summer camp at Mary Help of Christians here in Florida. I take him every day and it It's normally a seven-week program, but this particular year, I was only able to do five weeks because we were on vacation one of the weeks, and he couldn't make it one of the other weeks. But I took this shirt one day, the next day, to the summer camp, and I put it on my kneeler, and I prayed over it. And after the Mass, I went up, and I found a priest, and I said, Father, could you please bless this shirt? I have a dear friend who could be dying from cancer. She's not Catholic yet. I always say yet because my desire is to make the whole world Catholic. Would you please bless this shirt for my friend? She is a Creole. And when I was praying over her, I heard the name St. Catherine Drexel, et cetera, et cetera. And he looked at me. He said, you are doing a very good thing. You are doing a very good thing. I most certainly will bless this for her. And he said, I want to tell you something. 
My own mother met St. Catherine Drexel. So God bless you. Keep doing what you're doing. So he blessed the shirt. And the next time I saw her, I brought the shirt to Connie and she was overjoyed. She didn't put it on right that minute, but another time when I was there, she was wearing it. Instead, one of the days when I visited her, I took the shirt and I just lay it over her as she slept because the medicines frequently knocked her out. And I took a picture of her, but I knew without a shadow of a doubt, that St. Catherine Drexel from heaven was looking out for this beloved soul. And so in this video, I mean, in this talk, I'm just sharing with you a little bit of the background, a little bit of my mindset, a little bit of the steps that I was taking just in obedience to promptings. I did not know where this would go. I knew where I wanted it to go, but I'm not in control. A little shepherdess is not the shepherd. The little shepherdess is an extension. It's a person who's listening for guidance, a look, a glance, a whisper, a word from the good shepherd, and then she does the best of her ability to bring it about. So what I've shared to you t with you today are the little things in this story that caught my fascination and the little things that I started to do. My friends, there are a lot more fascinating details to this story. You'll have to stay tuned to my next episode. Until then, please pray for me. Please pray for all of the people who listen to my podcasts and do me a huge favor. Would you please share my podcasts with your friends if you find any value in them? My goal goal is to, my goal, my little secret goal, is to be an apostle to the nations. Now that may sound arrogant, that may sound far-fetched, they that may sound prideful or lofty. I'm just saying when I pray, that is a phrase I heard. And given that we have the internet, that we have Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, etc., it's actually not an impossibility. And I know there are other women like me probably saying things like this, but I don't know anyone who's saying it the way I say it. And I just know that the Sacred Heart of Jesus wants me to whisper the messages and the life example and the adversities and the sorrows and the sufferings uh, with all of the people who want to hear them. I've been given so much in terms of my Catholic faith, and I see great poverty in the hearts and minds and souls and spirits of so many. There are so many sheep and so many lambs who need to hear the Good Shepherd's voice, but so many of them don't go to church or don't read the Bible or don't know anyone. And so who knows but who will turn on this podcast. So you, my friend, can help me if you are so willing, please share this podcast. And if you have any constructive criticisms, please seek me out and let me know. In, in the meantime, please subscribe and uh, I will see you on the next episode. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. So my friends, we've come to the end of today's broadcast. I invite you to subscribe and share the Catholic Whisperer podcast with all of your friends. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram as the Catholic Whisperer. Until next time, together, let us live our faith, love our faith, learn our faith, spread our faith, and be our faith. I'm Marcy Youngster. Until next time, God bless you and everyone you love. Mm -hmm.